Monday, Monday. I don't know if I'm allowed to sing on this podcast. I don't know if we'll have to pay some rights there, but it is Monday. You are back with the first of this week's three episodes of Dear Clementine on the Nova Podcast Network. I am Clementine Ford, your host. I am the mother, of course, that you always wanted, the sister you never had, and the auntie who always listens. And I'm back with some more tough love and generous feeling for all of you dear listeners. I'm recording today on the land of the Wurundjeri people. Remember, wherever you are, know whose land you're on. Let's get into it. Dear Clementine, when I was younger, I had an extremely easy time connecting with all people. I had a really large friend group and loved chatting and getting into deeper conversations that would facilitate a deep connection and good friendships. As I've gotten older, I've noticed that most people have views that are problematic and I don't want to make the effort. Or when I find a rare person that might be on the same page and who I want to establish a friendship with, I get extremely socially anxious. I only have three semi-solid friendships in my life. How do you establish meaningful connections in your late 30s? And should I be giving people more grace knowing that, living in a capitalist patriarchy, we're socially conditioned to have problematic views? Oh, the terrible burden of growing up is that it is so much harder or it can be so much harder to make friends. You know, I often think this when I look at my son, who's almost seven. Children, in many ways, are they're not uncomplicated creatures. Of course, they're very complicated and magical in their own way. But there's no... They haven't developed a thick husk of jaded cynicism yet. They're very open-hearted generally. They go to the park and they see another kid and they're like, we're best friends now, we're going to play because everything is sort of more easily able to be navigated in, again, not simplistic ways, but in more joyful ways. Everything gets a little bit more complex when we get older and we come up against people with views that may be problematic, if you want to put it like that, or may just be outright objectionable and disgusting or just not really our people that is probably more profoundly felt as we reach our late 30s, I'd say, and I'm sure it continues to change all through middle age, mainly because we're tired, (laughs) mainly because we're tired and we are changing in our own ways and we're becoming more, (sighs) could be curmudgeonly in some respects. I know I'm a bit of a curmudgeon in some things and also just unwilling to shift I think. And there are things that, if I use myself as as an example, there are things that I'm unwilling to shift on that I defend morally, my unwillingness to shift. I will not be friends with racists. I will not be friends with sexists. I don't consider it my responsibility to be tolerant to views that, you know, are expressed because, well, we should all be able to express our different views. No, absolutely not. Different views, as as the old kind of like saying goes, a different view is whether or not pineapple belongs on pizza. Of course it does, by the way. It's not about whether or not people deserve human rights and dignity. No, there's no tolerating views that are completely objectionable and dehumanising. But then there are other things that, you know, I am a bit curmudgeonly on as well, like which are maybe less of a moral thing and more just my own personal tastes. Like, for example, I don't really love gym people, I guess. Like, I don't hate you. I'm not saying, I'm sure that people listening to this are gym people. I'm not saying that I hate you. I just don't get you. Like, I don't get the need to go to the gym every day. And that's... That doesn't make me... I'm not saying that I don't get it because I'm better than anyone else. I just... It's not for me. 
And I'm sure some people would look at me and go, wow, it's so weird that you're really into tarot cards, which I've been lately learning, by the way. If anyone wants a free reading, get in touch. I'm practicing. You know, there's all these different things that some somehow, like they, they press our little buttons, you know, like, like people saying, like, I just don't want anyone who's into astrology. Well, okay, you're boring, but, you know, whatever. No, I'm joking. I think accepting that our friendship circles by necessity become smaller as we get older is a necessary, it's necessary for us to be able to navigate the kind of pain of that because a lot of people feel very lonely. You know, it's really interesting that there's a lot of emphasis on men and single men in particular being the loneliest demographic. And it's always presented as this kind of like, we've got to feel so sorry for them. What can we do about the lonely single men? How will we fix them? How will we change their lives? What can we do about single lonely men, women? What can you do about that? Because that's always the subtext, isn't it? What can women do about single lonely men? It's never like, well, men should just start groups together. Men should hang out more. Men should, like, go to therapy and address their emotional issues and fear of abandonment. No, it's just what should women do about single lonely men? Just go out with them. Oh, just go out with them. Fix them that way. And yet women are the ones who are often mocked by misogynists and by sexists for for risking being lonely. Oh, well, enjoy your cats. You're just going to be old and alone. It's like we're not the ones who are on front pages of newspapers being fretted over about being single and lonely. That's you guys. But implicit in that, I think, is the assumption that it's really easy for women to make friends, that it's really easy for women to communicate emotionally, when that's actually not the case. There are a lot of lonely women as well, and they're not lonely because they're single. A lot of them are married or living with men, and that can sometimes exacerbate their loneliness. But they're lonely because they don't have friends, and they don't know how to make friends, and it's not as easy as it used to be, or maybe they've never found it particularly easy to make friends with women because of all of this patriarchal bullshit that you're talking about. And so where do they go to find their people? I wish I could say to you, well, go to www.findyourpeople.com and you will find them. By the way, there is a book out by Lane Moore called You Will Find Your People that you could read that is about making friends as an adult and about what it means to be lonely as an adult. So check that one out. We'll put it in the liner notes. But the thing is, it's not as simple as we would like to believe. It's really hard to find people who then gel with you. I wish I could give you a really clear and easy answer on this, that I could just direct you into a building somewhere and there would be a hundred amazing friends waiting for you. I know that those people are out there. It's just about how do you find them? There is no easy answer to that. Finding really amazing life-affirming friendships at any age is as tricky as finding love because it is finding love. And we don't ever focus on what it means to look for friendship and for love and friendship in the same way as the primacy that we give to relationships. Oh, we've got to go out and, like, find someone to love you for the rest of your life. That's the most important relationship. And somehow friends are just sort of meant to fall into line behind that. But we actually have to nurture our friendships in the same way that we would nurture a new relationship with someone who we would call a partner, you know, which is why when you do find those people... You say you've got three semi-solid friendships. It's possible that they could become really deep friendships. 
but you just don't know necessarily how to nurture them because the society that we live in has never told you that it's important to. So we have to date our friends. We have to go out with them and get to know them. We have to flirt with them in a, in, in a, and when I say flirt with them, I don't necessarily mean in a sexual way, but we have to flirt with them with that sort of frisson kind of way where we're like creating tension between us that's really positive and electric and we have to fall in love with who they are and be excited to see them and let them know that they are they mean something to us and that we care about them and, you know, make small little gestures for them or to them, you know, give them little gifts if that's our thing. Let them know that we see them. And that is how a relationship and a friendship becomes deep and you know, beautiful and, and rock solid. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's not like you just turn up to the friend shop and you find your friend and then everything's sorted. You have to you have to put the time and the effort in in exactly the same way as you would with anything else. Have hope and have faith that your people are out there. You don't need to have a hundred of them. Three good friendships is worth their weight in gold. Three good friendships are worth their weight in gold. And a lot of people don't get that lucky. So look at what it is you're putting into your friendships and how much of yourself you're bringing to them and how willing you are to treat them with the kind of reverence that falling in love with a friend deserves to be treated with. Good luck. And on that note, dear lovers, I hope that that was something positive and encouraging for you to start your week off with. You know, set that as a challenge for yourself. Go out there and find one of your burgeoning friendships and ask if you can take them on a friend date. Maybe find someone who you're really interested in, who you'd like to be better friends with and say, can we go out on a friend date? Can we be friends, please? Just be vulnerable and open and and honest and joyful about it. And you'll get knocked back by some people, but hey, that's life, baby understand that there are people out there who are probably looking at you and thinking, I wish I could be better friends with that person. You are being thought about in just the same way as you're thinking about other people. And be really optimistic about that. Until next time, I hope that this podcast has found you well. Yours sincerely, Clementine.